Good evening, dummies. Episode 137, April 15th, 7.41 p.m. Great to be here with you tonight. My sister got me a new shirt. I'm kind of excited. It's a don't tread shirt, and it's pretty cool. I like the way it fits. My wife said the sleeves are too tight. I'm like, the sleeves can never be too tight. That's a good thing, I guess. Welcome. Great to see you. What are we going to talk about tonight? We have a good show, and I'm excited to bring it to you. The Valor commercial is officially done and cannot wait for you to see it. Maybe tomorrow night I'll be able to show it. So on Red Friday, wouldn't that be something? Tonight we're going to talk about Afghanistan. The longest war in American history is about to be over, but not as soon as you would think. Joe Biden has picked a date, and I think you will be surprised at the date that he chose. We'll see. The next thing we're going to talk about is... Russian soldiers being paid and paying bounties to Muslim extremists to kill Americans. We heard this story. It showed up as a late surprise in July for October and Donald Trump. And all the Democrats put it on the campaign trail. Well, was it true? Let's find out. Let's find out if the intelligence community is as bad as they have been over the last 25 years. Be funny to see. And the next thing we're talking about Playboy. Don't leave. Yes, we're going to talk about Playboy, not Hugh Hefner or not Anna Nicole Smith. Well, maybe a little bit of that, but there's a new Buxom Beauty on the front cover and one of the first ever, and I think it's something we should talk about. So hold on tight and let's get ready for Don't Unfriend Me, episode 137. A Taliban leader was leading a team on a patrol when he hears from over the hill, one Marine versus two Taliban. So the Taliban leader sends two of his guys, and he hears a firefight for a little while. He thinks he won until he hears one Marine versus five Taliban. Taliban leader sends five more of his guys, and again, here's a firefight. The dust settles, and he hears one Marine versus all the Taliban. The Taliban leader sends the rest of his guys and starts calling in reinforcements. He hears the firefight again and is getting ready to send in everyone else when one of his fighters comes over the hill on his hands and knees, barely alive. The Taliban fighter's last words were, don't do it. There's two of them. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Welcome to Don't Unfriend Me, everybody. It is wonderful to have you here. My name is Matthew Spear, and I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. The great thing about Don't Unfriend Me is you can defriend me if you want to. It's okay. People do all the time. I ban people too. But I would ask that you would ask yourself the question, why? Is it about me or is it about you? You can be offended. There's no doubt. You might love this show. You might think it sucks, or you might think that I'm a knucklehead. But either way, all I ask is don't unfriend me. Because if you don't like tonight's show... You may like tomorrow's, and then if you don't like tomorrow's, well, then there's definitely something wrong with you and not me. What do we do here? Well, we talk about the political climate. We talk about sports, celebrities, really whatever's in the news. I give you my opinion. Doesn't mean I'm always right. Doesn't mean I am the most prolific at one thing and understand everything with no equivocation. I am a dilettante. I know a little bit about a lot of things, but nothing at all really well. 
So don't be surprised if you know more than me. Well, the good thing you can do is leave a note, leave a comment. Tell me what you're thinking. Teach me. Try to be respectful. Saying my show is a pile of crap is never received well, but I've got a thick skin. I can take it. You can stop by my website, www.dontunfriendme.com. There you can find all of my shows, my podcast, also my blog, and not about Veteran Crisis Hotline, but yes, you can find out about the Veteran Crisis Hotline when you're there as well. Please do me a favor. Give me a like, share, and subscribe on Facebook. That keeps the lights on. It keeps people going. And ultimately, it tells me if this little shindig is working. Daddy, I look in the mirror, and I don't like what I see. I never thought I would hear those words from my daughter. My daughter's beautiful. And of course, because... You might even hear some wind. It's howling out there. It's amazing. It's a dark, stormy night with a whisper of chill in the wind. I hear a claw on the back door. I slowly turn around and I see strawberry shortcake. Whatever. So my wife and myself have done a really good job of trying to initiate and grow the seed of self-esteem in my children and our children. And the hard part is, is you don't know until they're faced with the confines and the restrictions and the ever present choking of peer pressure and cruel kids and bullying. But as she's in trouble for lying and stealing and doing some stupid stuff, we ask her what's wrong. And the moment of altruistic, penetrating, introspective thought escapes her lips as she says, sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and as her voice cracks and I don't like what I see. I feel fat and I feel ugly and I don't like myself. And I realize something that we have protected my daughter from this and still she feels this way. Is this in our DNA now? Is it not society? Is it not the magazines? Because my wife is the same way. My wife is, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful women that I've ever met in my life. I've met a lot of great women. I've had a lot of girlfriends, and I was a little bit of a philanderer when I was younger. Those who would take the time to spend on a chubby-cheeked fellow. And I learned one thing is that I would do the hold test after we were together or on the couch watching a movie or the next morning, I would never want to hold that person because I had intimacy issues. We're going deep for for those ladies. I'm so sorry. And maybe one farm animal. Don't judge. I was drunk. So I apologize. But with my wife, I knew with no equivocation immediately. The next morning, our good friend Tracy Lopez, who was going to school with me, she was my protector, right? She would, no, 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 Matt, you don't, come here. You, you've had too much to drink. Stay away from that person. Or no, 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 no. You don't want to go over in that corner. You, you, no, you don't want to do that. You, you don't want to get a fight with this guy. Come on, come over here. No, you don't need to go in the bathroom when everyone else is going in there and their nose are going to be itchy afterwards. Stay away from that. Stay clean. She was my guardian angel, but she would protect me. And when Olivia was there the next morning, usually she, you know, the proverbial come in with a cup of coffee, a bathrobe. Okay, sweetie, here's your coffee. Here's your bathrobe. Get out. And although we had no relationship, she took care of me. But she didn't come down that morning. And my wife and or Olivia and I go up to the 
couch and she sits on my lap and Tracy's just like this, what in the name of God is going on? And Adam, her boyfriend and her son, Alex, who were there to watch the Green Bay Packers and Broncos as I had a beer and tomato juice to wake up, the greatest hangover cure ever, I realized I was in love and she was my princess. I'll tell you this story sometime. It's interesting. But the point is, is that I could never understand why she felt she was fat. Now, this is something I struggled with. My father would constantly want me to be better than he was in everything and would constantly make subtle innuendo about my weight, my chubby cheeks. And this is just something that I've had my whole life. Man, I was at 203 at 6'4", and I was a beanpole, and I still had chubby cheeks. I don't think I'll ever get rid of these damn things. And it's a part of who I am. I have a giant head. I mean, folks, if you don't think I do, not to digress, I'm on two and it's still tight on my head. I've got a ginormous head. I wear a seven and seven eighths hat. Seven and seven eighths fitted. Seven, that's almost an eight. That's incredible. It's way too big. But my wife thinks, well, my butt's too big. I happen to think, like some guys, oh, well, I've, I can't have a pot belly or I can't go to the beach. And we all have insecurity. Some of us, it's it's materialistic insecurity. Some of it's is physical. Some of us, it's mental, existential, philosophical, whatever, any ickles. But to see it in my daughter just drives me crazy because she looks like Shirley Temple. She's got the curliest hair. She's beautiful. She's got her mother's good looks. And she's got some of my better features, which aren't many. But they sh- women should never feel this way. The one thing I've learned is there's somebody for everybody. There really is. And I find beauty where most people don't find beauty. I think Greek women with larger noses are some of the prettiest in the world. I think women without makeup are gorgeous. I like a woman that isn't made of kindling. I don't want to start a fire in the bed. Baby has to have back. And I don't care if you're a thick woman, a round woman, a small woman, a tall woman, a big boned woman, big breasted, no breast, big butt, no butt. It's not important. Because what's appealing to the eye is so very different than what's appealing to the touch. And once you love somebody, truly love them for who they are, the eye doesn't matter as much either. really bothers me that women and men have this stigma and we don't talk about it. I've talked about it on a few shows. You can share the the one sexism towards men show, which I think you might find funny, but people have it tough and everyone's going through a struggle. I try to stay away from people's looks and occasionally I get down in the mud and I'm stupid about it. But I want to tell you something. I see all the time that big is beautiful. It is. There's beauty in everybody. Anyone going to tell me that Anna Nicole Smith was not a beautiful woman, full-figured? Sure. That Oprah, whether you care about her politics or not, she is a very well-put-together woman, and she, I hate her politics, but she dresses exceptional, and she's easy on the eyes. Not someone I would hook up with, but beauty in their own right. What about Adele, the singer? Kelly Clarkson, their voice is angelic and their body has to match 
the gargantuan potential that escapes their lips every time they sing. It doesn't matter. We've projected this image that heavier women are ugly. Now, I think, on the other hand, there is a problem with saying that big is healthy because it's not. But either is eating an almond all day and being Kate Moss and being a toothpick that weighs 98 pounds and you can see their skeletal structure through their clothes. And that's been pushed down our throats and my little girl's throats and my wife's and has permanently done damage to their heads thinking that that's who they have to be. Is Brad Pitt with his six-pack abs, is that what I'm supposed to live up to? Because I can't. I've worked with some of the most athletic people in the world in the military, training with some of the Olympic athletes. And I would never be able to achieve that because I like food too much. But what's good enough? I'll tell you what's good enough. When you look in the mirror and a pair of pants fits comfortably and they're not cutting off your circulation, that's good enough for me. If you can see somebody in need and help them, you're beautiful. If you don't say mean things just to hurt people or cut them to make yourself feel better, you're beautiful. If you love unequivocally and try to give it to as many people as possible, only to be rejected, you're beautiful. And if you are a freak in the bedroom and whips, dips, chips, and whatever, good for you. Don't care. Whatever makes you happy, as long as it doesn't harm others, you're good enough for me. So this isn't a self-help conversation. I want people to stop looking at the scale. It doesn't depict who you are. It just kills you with stress and creates cortisol in your body. And if you're trying to lose weight, that doesn't help. Looking at the scale is a horrible way to figure out if you're fit or not. Water weight is a fickle thing and can be 10 pounds plus to the minus, which throws you off. You could still be horribly fat and be at the target weight. And the Food and Drug Health Administration, their targets are ridiculous. I am supposed to be 180 pounds at six foot four. I couldn't be at 180 pounds at six foot four if I lived in South Africa. There's not a chance. You could put me right in the middle of the Zaire and I could go on one of those Sally Struthers commercials and I still wouldn't be 180. The expectation that skinny is beautiful, that big is beautiful, it doesn't need a precursor. Beautiful is just beautiful and you know what's ugly. And people can be really ugly. And I pity my daughter that she has to go through this. And I have to tell her already to watch her posture and not blow out her stomach because people are cruel. And that's really sad. A Playboy model, and we all know American actor, singer, David Hasselhoff's daughter, Haley Hasselhoff. We met on her, but we know who David Hasselhoff is. I can't fight this feeling. Deep inside of me. Yeah, him. His daughter makes history as she recently turned Playboy's magazine's first ever plus-size cover model. Now, Anna Nicole Smith was on the cover. Marilyn Monroe was on the cover, and she would be considered plus-size today. But Haley is very much a plus-size woman. On Wednesday, the Baywatch star unveiled the European cover 
of Playboy starring herself and penned an extensive Instagram note about women empowerment, mental health, and self-love. Soon after Haley Hasselhoff's cover photo surfaced online, it went on to garner immense love from not only um, netizens, but also several celebrities and models, including Hunter McGrady, Lucy Hale, Diana Sarakai, and Megan McKenna, to name a few. The beloved daughter of David Hasselhoff and former The X Factor celebrity contestant Haley Hasselhoff recently made headlines and went on to become a hot topic of discussion on social media as she posed nude for Playboy Germany's cover shoot. David Hasselhoff is a god in Germany. No, I'm not kidding. No wonder why she got on Germany's cover. On April 14th, 2021, along with sharing the cover photo with netizens on Instagram, the 28-year-old also expressed being deeply humbled and honored as she became the first ever Curve model to feature on the European cover of the Eminent magazine. Full-scale models in Europe have been accepted for a long time, but it's amazing that somehow when you take $3,000 clothes off models, that it's not good enough. Once again, it's a sign of the times. Now, I'm not saying that overweight is healthy. I'm not saying anorexia is healthy. There is a very, very worthy focus to help people with health who are obese. But do you think they don't know that? I always knew it. And here's what it comes down to. Life is precious. It only lasts a certain time. Enjoy it while you can. And if you want to hit weights and starve yourself, every single day and run 20 miles, do it. I do it as much as I can, but I'm not as concerned as I used to be about my weight because I'm happy with what I see and I'm happy with the way I feel. You just have to get there. And maybe you never will be happy, but throwing up food or taking dietary pills that make you shake and quake and give you heart palpitations, taking diuretics, it's not going to fix the problem. It's a temporary solution to a permanent problem. The problem is here. And although certainly some has to do with genetics, a lot of people say it's genetics while they shove 6,000 calories down their gullet a day. Let's be honest. Let's, let's have an honest conversation. I will defend, but I won't amend. In addition to boasting about the same, Haley also revealed what the cover signifies and highlighted its importance. She wrote, I am deeply humbled and honored to be the first ever curve model on a European cover of Playboy. I am overcome with emotion around what this cover signifies for inclusivity and its greater purpose towards female empowerment. The actor model continued, I wanted to use this platform to express that you have the power to love your body without hesitation because of society's standards of beauty. An iconic female gaze and cinematic love for showcasing a woman to her truest self We choose to celebrate my body by shooting it in this artful way. Opening up about her relationship with her body, Haley Hasselhoff added, my relationship with my body has always stemmed from my relationship with my mental well-being. With May being Mental Health Awareness Month, I feel empowered to be able to wake up and know that I get to live unapologetically myself. I hope to inspire women to face their fears of the unknown and to lead a life of purpose in which your body does not define you. She concluded by saying, if there is one thing I would tell my younger self, it would be that you are worthy just as you are. Now more than ever, we should be grounded in the exploration of self and feel encouraged to celebrate ourselves in ways that feel most authentic. I can only hope this cover will allow women to know that they are loved, valued, and desired just as they are right here, right now. I think it's a beautiful sentiment. 
And I don't care if it's a nudie magazine. I don't care. That's not what this is about. And some people might say, oh, she's a tramp or she's a harlot because she posed nude. Who cares? Really? It doesn't mean people can do what they want. It doesn't mean I have to buy it, but I can still appreciate the message. And if I had to show my daughter some of the twerkers that are on stage for the Grammys and some of the people who are having sex with Satan, I would much rather show her a playboy and say, this woman is so comfortable with who she is, she's willing to show it to everybody. And that's a whole lot of comfort. And that's a whole lot of security and confidence that every person should possess, clothes on or off. Just an opinion. Would love to hear what your thoughts are. Afghanistan exit. Joe Biden will withdraw all remaining U.S. troops from Afghanistan. And I don't have a problem with that. I think it's going to lead to more terrorism. But the problem I do have is it's on the 20th anniversary of September 11th. The Al-Qaeda terrorist attacks on New York and Washington, as we know, a senior administration official has confirmed the president is expected to make a formal announcement on Wednesday. There are currently about 2,500 U.S. troops in country serving alongside 7,000 other foreign troops as part of the NATO coalition. Most, if not all, of NATO allies are likely to withdraw in coordination with the U.S. We will remain in lockstep with them as we undergo this operation. We went in together, adjusted together, and now we will prepare to leave together. Of course the U.N.'s leaving. The U.N. couldn't stand its ground without the U.S. if it even tried. The U.S. official said the drawdown of U.S. troops will begin by May 1st, the withdrawal deadline The Trump administration agreed with the Taliban last year and will be completed by the 9-11 anniversary, but nothing said it had to be on the 9-11 anniversary. We went to Afghanistan to deliver justice to those who attacked us on September 11th and to disrupt terrorists seeking to use Afghanistan as a safe haven to attack, a senior administration official said. We believe we achieved that objective some years ago. We judge the threat against the homeland now emanating from Afghanistan to be at a level that we can address without a persistent military footprint in the country and without remaining at war with the Taliban. The only remaining U.S. military presence after September 11th this year will be security for the U.S. Embassy, a task normally carried out by Marines. The Biden administration has said it will negotiate with the Afghan government over the precise security arrangements for the diplomatic mission in Kabul. About 800,000 U.S. soldiers and other military personnel have served at least once in Afghanistan since the U.S. invasion in 2001, launched in the wake of September 11th attacks, as we said earlier. More than 2,300 have been killed and 20,000 wounded. Nearly 50,000 Afghan civilians have died in the conflict since 2001. Although the overall civilian death toll decreased last year, there has been an increase in targeted killings. The number of women killed in 2020 rose last year, and according to the UN, 65 journalists, media professionals, and human rights defenders were killed between January 118 and 31 January 21. Peace talks between the Kabul government and the Taliban have been underway since September, but they suffered a setback this week when the insurgents said they would not attend a U.S.-backed peace summit in Turkey due to begin in a few days. Taliban spokesperson Mohammed Naeem tweeted on Tuesday what the Taliban would not take part in any such conference until all foreign forces completely withdrew from the homeland. Fawzi Kufi, an Afghan politician and women's rights activist, said on Twitter, no war will end with war. The next few months should be used to reach peace. The Taliban wanted a U.S. exit. They got it. What we want now from Taliban is peace, life and dignity and harmony. 
The U.S. military orthodoxy until recently has been that any withdrawal from Afghanistan would have to be condition-based, meaning it was dependent on the security situation and the threat posed by the Taliban. Democratic and social gains of the past 20 years. The senior U.S. official briefing reporters on the decision said, the president has judged that a conditions-based approach, which has been the approach of the past two decades, is a recipe for staying in Afghanistan forever. What's the problem with that? We'll go into that in a second. Biden pledged to continue to withdraw from Afghanistan in his presidential campaign. Interviewed during the campaign on the CBS program Face the Nation, Biden was asked if he would feel any responsibility if Afghan human rights, particularly of women, were harmed as a result of the withdrawal. Quote, do I bear responsibility? Zero responsibility, Biden replied. Well, that's nothing new. The responsibility I have is to protect America's national self-interest and not put our women and men in harm's way to try to solve every single problem in the world by use of force. Holy crap. Is he a nationalist? This doesn't sound like a Democrat. I told you he's middle of the road in a lot of things. They'll get him for that. Trust me, they're going to punish him for that. He is not. (coughs) Kamala Harris is going to break out the belt and put him in timeout. He's not going to get his crackers and matlock tonight. I'll tell you that much. The administration says it will keep sufficient forces in the region to react if al-Qaeda or other terrorist groups reestablish training camps inside Afghanistan, but the dispersal of the terrorist threat meant it no longer made sense to keep a permanent force in the country. This is not 2001. It is 2021, the senior official said, and in 2021, the terrorist threat that we face is real, and it emanates from a number of countries indeed, a number of continents from Yemen, from Syria, Somalia, Africa, And we have to focus on those aspects of the dispersed and distributed terrorist threat. Britain has about 750 troops in Afghanistan in non-combat roles. And while no final decision has been made as to what will happen to them, senior defense sources recently indicated that the UK is likely to largely withdraw in parallel with the US. It's interesting they talk about those other places, Syria, Libya, everywhere else, because they all mass exited from Afghanistan when Donald Trump went after al-Qaeda, broke up the Taliban, and destroyed the caliphate. They're spread out all over Europe, too. And what happens when you think we exit Afghanistan, where they're going to go back to? If they go, we'll all have to go. That's the reality of it, one British source said. Combat operations for the U.K. troops lasted until 2014, and 454 forces personnel or civilians employed by the Ministry of Defense were killed while serving. Some U.K. inside fear that if the Taliban were to regain control following the withdrawal, it could raise a simple question in the minds of the public. What was it all for? It's a great question. Although there is a growing belief that the terror threat to Western countries is finally reducing, U.S. officials said there would be a decisive response to any Taliban attack on U.S. and allied troops during the withdrawal. Open invitation when you make it on September 11th and give them the time of exodus. Morons. However, attacks on Afghan troops and civilians have continued despite the peace talks between the Afghan government and the Taliban. A suicide car bombing on Tuesday killed a child and at least two other civilians in Farah, western Afghanistan. It exploded as residents broke their fasts on the first day of Ramadan. At least 10 members of the Afghan security forces were killed in the north of the country. The imminent announcement of withdrawal drew criticism from Republican leaders and a few Democrats. Foreign terrorists will not leave the U.S. alone because our politicians have grown tired of taking the fight to them. The Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said, adding that Biden needs to explain to the American people why he thinks abandoning our partners and retreating in the face of the Taliban will make America safer. 
Gene Shaheen, Democratic senator from New Hampshire, said on Twitter that the withdrawal undermines our commitment to the Afghan people, particularly Afghan women. I urge the Biden admin to make every effort between now and September to safeguard the progress made and support our partners in the formation of an inclusive transitional government, Shaheen wrote. The truth is this. 20,000 civilian soldiers will also leave. These are mercenary groups, Blackwater groups, civilian soldiers, so to speak. And these groups go over there and they run private wars for the United States. And it's cheaper to do that than it is to train a soldier and put them overseas. These groups have been working for the last 20 years. They will be gone. The United Nations will pull out, as we said. And when we left Iraq, we had attacks all over Europe and the Middle East, if you remember. And after we destroyed the caliphate, it narrowed down, but it is picking back up. We had jump points and bases established. You don't have that in Afghanistan. The Middle East is covered with American presence. Letting the enemy know what you are doing is destined for failure and not unlike the lessons that we failed to learn in Saigon. This intelligence apparatus that we have with the CIA will also be dissolved. We have thousands of troops in Japan and Germany and all over the world. Why aren't we pulling them from there? There haven't been threats in those areas since World War II. Well, it's simple. It's to gain control. In Afghanistan, we lack focus on the Middle East. And that is where the Democrats want to focus their time, on Iran. They want to have peace with Iran. They want to get out of the Middle East. They want to let it run itself. And the problem with that is the Middle East isn't good at running itself because they are the problem to begin with. Donald Trump created peace in the Middle East, whether you liked it or not. And countries were forming together to stand up against Iran and Syria. That will all be gone. The moment we pull out of Afghanistan, you will see a mass emergence of the caliphate. ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Red Brigade, all of these groups will join together. And there will be a jihad in that area. There will be a punishment of Jews. There will be a punishment of Jews in Europe. England, Germany, France, and all the places that we've seen terrorism expand. And eventually the United States. Why? Because the American intelligence apparatus does not give me confidence anymore. And I do know a little bit about that. We were great at our jobs. And something happened. We got scared. We stopped waterboarding. We stopped interrogating. We stopped putting assets on the ground. We dissolved our intel apparatuses. We started using an overabundance of electronics and giving up on human intelligence. Why? Because it was messy in Germany and it was horribly messy with Russia versus the United States during the Cold War. We gave up on the tradecraft. And after 9-11, we had to learn fast how to do it again. We still overcompensate on electronic intelligence. And the problem is, is two people in a cave don't necessarily need a landline or a modem. These decisions are made in a very medieval type of way. Find your target, kill your target, and don't spread how you're going to do it. Create fear by anonymity. Create fear by not being able to discern the enemy and the civilians. It's what the Viet Cong did. And Muslim extremists extremists are very, very good at it. Afghanistan is a necessary evil. Do I feel that we need troops on the ground? No, but we should have military presence and bases there, and we should fortify them and make them as strong as possible because ultimately they will come back and the Taliban will regain power. And that is a problem for everybody and creates another haven for terrorism to eventually come to the U.S. soil.
it's a really bad day to pick to exit Afghanistan. But what do you come to expect from this administration? Russian pays bounty on troops. Remember when Russia did this supposedly and Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump's buddy, paid bounties to kill American soldiers and paid Islamic extremists and Russian soldiers to kill Americans? Or Syrian mercenaries? As Donald Trump started making plans to withdraw troops from Afghanistan, the New York Times reported this bombshell claim that Russia secretly offered the Taliban bounties to kill U.S. troops, according to American intelligence officials. It immediately struck many as implausible. Why in the world would jihadists suddenly need an incentive, a financial incentive at that, to target U.S. troops? It's not like they're going to get more virgins to do it more. They've already been doing this in Afghanistan for the past two decades. And what was Russia's end goal? Donald Trump immediately called the story a hoax. So did everyone else with a half a brain and said he was never briefed on these claims. Two months after the Times report, a top U.S. commander in Afghanistan said he hadn't seen any evidence for the claim that Russians put bounties on U.S. troops. No claim at all. If the stories were baseless propaganda, like Trump immediately said it was, it would serve two obvious purposes to delay the troop withdrawal from Afghanistan and to escalate tensions with Russia. Now that Joe Biden is in office and is following through with Trump's plan to withdraw all the troops there, well, the story is suddenly being refuted in what most and must be convenient timing ever. The most. Isn't it amazing what a difference a few months makes? Why? Because if these stories were true and he withdraws troops from Afghanistan, then he has to wear the moniker. Then he has to carry the 800-pound gorilla. But if they excuse it away, well, all they did was be wrong about Trump once again. And who really cares about that? Because all the people who despise and hate Trump and say, not my president, are finding out that a lot of the things that they said he did wrong, he didn't. And I've been saying that for a long time. The swamp would do everything they can to thwart any Trump initiative, only to allow Biden to then follow through with the same simply because he's not Trump and use imitative policy as his own. Well, he's been doing that with COVID. He's been doing that with business. He's been doing that with trade. He's been doing that with the economy. He hasn't been deregulating at a massive rate or regulating at a massive rate. He's essentially left a lot of what Donald Trump has in place. And it's a good thing because the economy, although slowly falling, is not falling as fast as all of the executive orders he's putting in place. According to the Daily Beast, On Thursday, the Biden administration announced that the U.S. intelligence only had low to moderate confidence in the story after all. Let me explain what low and moderate confidence means. It means none. It means it's supposition. It means it's unfounded. It means that it is not factually based. But it is a topic that they still would report on, and the intelligence community would still file away. But honestly, they would file it away with UFOs and Lee Harvey Oswald not acting alone. Translated from the jargon of spy world, that means the intelligence agencies have found the story, at best, unproven and possibly untrue, more than likely. The United States intelligence community assesses with low to moderate confidence that Russian intelligence officers sought to encourage Taliban attack on the U.S. and coalition personnel in Afghanistan in 2019, and perhaps earlier. A senior administration official said, of course there was, this information puts a burden on the Russian government to explain its actions and take steps to address this disturbing pattern of behavior. The official said, indicating that Biden is unprepared to walk the story back fully, many couldn't help but notice the timing 
Biden announced new sanctions against Russia today, but they're related to Russia's cyber attacks actions in Crimea and alleged election interference and nothing about bounties on U.S. soldiers. This was a bunch of crap the moment that it was put out, and every veteran who was over there knows it, and every veteran who knew anything knew it. You don't need to incentivize jihadists. That's in their name. They want to kill Americans, and they have since they've been pups sucking on mama's teat. It's what they live for. The whole point of this is that more and more stories about Donald Trump are falling by the wayside. Also, it's interesting that they said, and the Democrats said, well, we'll we'll go ahead and do this Capitol Hill investigation. We'll make it more like a tribunal, but we won't do the investigation if you go ahead and you seize the filibuster. It's political trade. It's a dog and pony show. I thought every senator and state representative in there got out by the skin of their teeth and were going to be murdered when we all know that was full of crap. The point is, is nothing has changed. The media still lies to you. Politicians are scumbags. And if you defend either side, I wonder why. It really truly is, whether Republican or Democrat, the same shit in different piles. I can't tell the difference between Democrats and Republicans anymore. Republicans haven't balanced anything. They spend just as much as Democrats. They don't stand up for what is necessary in the Constitution They play grab ass with our politics and they trade away our constitutional rights with the Democrats to gain a little bit of legislation. They're inconsistent at best. The Democrats spend money wantingly. They want to invade everywhere and go to war, which is interesting. I don't understand. I'm finding it very hard to find a party that I align with anymore. I'm not a libertarian, but I love the Constitution. I'm not a Republican, but I love conservative government. I'm not a liberal, but I do believe in everyone should be able to be happy and do what the hell they want. Let's leave them alone. Peace, love, dope. I think what it comes down to is that I'm none of them, and either are you. We're Americans. We love our flag. We love our country. And no matter what we believe or which side we fall on, we have a passion for what we do believe in. I think that's where we start. Maybe we're looking at the wrong phylum. Maybe we're looking at the wrong and incorrect prerequisite that defines us as human beings. If it won't be our heart and our soul and our minds, and it's focused on our looks, how much money we have, maybe that's not what we should be focused on. We should ask ourselves a few simple questions. Is this person good? Do they enrich my life? Do they make me happy? Do they make me want to strangle them sometimes? And do I generally care about them every day? And if the answer is yes, maybe politics isn't what we should be looking at either. Maybe it's not their God or their color or their creed, or if they have a Southern accent or a West Coast accent, maybe we should just look at the golden rules because those kindergarten rules are truly exceptional. And it starts with, Don't judge others without looking at yourself. Be accepting of who people are. If they frustrate you, that's okay. If you disagree with them, that's also okay. But you don't necessarily need to cut people out of your lives simply because they like Joe Biden or they like Trump. Once again, maybe we need to look at something deeper. But that's just my opinion. 
You can agree. You can disagree. That's the great thing about this show. You can tell me what you think down below. And I'm almost a poet and I didn't know it. Either way, don't unfriend me. Let's try to be nicer to each other. Folks, thank you for watching tonight. I appreciate having you on. I think Joe Biden needs to get people out of Afghanistan if that's what he's going to do and just do it because we've heard this from multiple presidents and I'm sick and tired of it. I don't care if you're Anna Nicole Smith, Oprah Winfrey, whatever. If you want to pose nude, great. But ultimately, we need to stop putting anorexic models who have bulimia as the focus for our children. And we also need to stop celebrating and saying that being fat is healthy because that's not true either. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope everyone has an amazing Friday tomorrow. I hope you have a great red shirt that you want to wear to work. That would be cool. I hope you have a great weekend. And honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for watching the show. It means a great deal to me. And it makes me have faith that maybe, just maybe, a small pocket of this planet is listening and we might just change us. And if we do that, then maybe we can start changing other people. Thank you folks for listening. You can find me on YouTube, on Instagram, my podcast, everything else. Please stop by my website, don'tunfriendme.com. Give me a like, follow, and share. You can click right here, the little red envelope. That is it for my show tonight. I will go out like I always do, Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. Please take the time. Post-traumatic stress is very serious. I had a customer today who suffered from PTS and still suffers from PTS, and it was a tough conversation. They need your help. They have seen things and done things, and there are counselors standing by to talk to them. Get a vet to call. If they won't, please call me. I will help you. If you can't do that, go to my website, click the VCL link, and you'll be connected to a VCL operator. Thank you, folks. I am out for tonight. I appreciate you. Yes, that's my left hand because if I do it on the mic, I'll hit it. See you tomorrow, everybody. Bye-bye.